This podcast was recorded on the lands of the Boonwurrung people of the Kulin Nation. The land on which I am lucky enough to raise my son always was and always will be Aboriginal land. This episode of Witching Hour is brought to you by Elan House of Wellness, the ultimate destination for postpartum care, supporting mothers with food, education, self-care tools and gifts. Hello and welcome to Witching Hour, the podcast that looks at what's exciting, delighting, intriguing and frustrating us when it comes to making work, work. I'm Lucinda. And I'm Loz. Bringing you in with a good news story of the week. If you are like me and devoured Drive to Survive on Netflix. Luz, did you watch it? Do you know what? This is very bizarre because I love sport, as you know. I don't. I didn't like this series and I think I'm the only person in the world. You are. You are. It I, was amazing. I hated them. They're just all these. Are you actually brats. kidding? Nah, it was incredible. I don't like. Nah, it's I'm not, not a actually. I won't even sport. listen to that. It's not a grassroots sport. Like they're all just. There's only one person in Drive to Survive that like made it without money. I, I am like shook. <laughs> okay, well, I loved it, and for 99 percent of people that are also like me that don't like sports, I but still loved want it. the good news. The good news is, at just 18 years of age, Philippines-born F1 Academy racer Bianca. Bustamante. Oh, I like that. I that, was just reading it being like, how is she going to pronounce it? Bustamante. <laughs> that's, nah, that's the good. worst pronunciation ever. Has become the first female driver to join the prestigious McLaren Driver Development Program. I love that good news. So good. May not have loved the show. Love this. Love it. Um, she described her admission to the development program as an unreal moment in my career. That's awesome. I want to add something from last episode. Mm. I put a poll up. I've never had people so explicitly agree with us about mum rage. Yep. One person said no, they don't have mum rage out of over 100 people. One person. Why is she so joyous? Today, Medibank are preparing to trial a four-day work week. Michelle Andrews and Laura Henshaw open up about whether they're ready or not. Iceland's Prime Minister joins thousands of women on strike. And your advice on going from one to two kids, something I am doing very soon. Medibank are preparing to trial a four-day working week. They've become the latest ASX company to experiment with the scheme being increasingly embraced by employers across the country. So obviously you would have heard of the four-day working week. Imagine if I hadn't. Sorry, I don't mean to be a smart ass. <laughs> You are really on the ball today. All right, well, let me just uh, explain this in a bit more you know, depth. As this episode drops, 250 Medibank employees will move to a 180-100 model or, because I had no idea what this meant, 100% of pay in 80% of the time at 100% productivity in a six-month trial that will be re-evaluated and scaled to the wider organization of nearly 4,000 staff. Oh, so they're trying with the sample size. Yes. So I want to get into this in a minute. Interesting. Yeah, hold the line. So they've begun participating in workshops to assess their workload and eliminate low value or time-consuming tasks such as meetings or emails, which I love. Love that. Yep. Employee engagement, productivity, customer satisfaction and business outcomes will be monitored and measured by an independent body. So the Macquarie University Business School's Health and Wellbeing Research Unit, which is good. So they've got an external body looking at that. Obviously, this isn't a new trend. It's just being adopted more broadly, which is great for Aussies. I feel like we've noticed it more overseas. It's good to see some trials in Australia. Yeah. So one of the, this could be incorrect, but I believe one of the first companies globally to roll it out was Unilever. They're huge. In New Zealand. I love that. Yes. They adopted a four-day work week in a successful trial that originally started in 2020 in New Zealand and they expanded it to Australia last year. So November, 2022, their pilot ran for about 18 months. So significantly longer than the Medibank one. And they found that 67% of employees reported better work-life balance. I mean, yes. (laughs) Don't find that surprising. (laughs) Um, Stress fell by 33% and absenteeism fell by 34%, which which is actually a big one. That's a huge one. for. I've never actually thought about absenteeism in the four-day workweek discussion. Yep. Um, All while meeting business targets and revenue goals. Wow. Mm, Pretty impressive. I wanted to unpack this Medibank thing because there's a lot of amazing PR about it and I completely get it and I'm on board but when you said before 250 employees geez that's small out of 4,000 I'd be filthy if I didn't make the cut exactly (laughs) I would say 
I don't know how I would feel as an employee if I missed out. And what kind of culture do you think that would create internally? Well, obviously we don't know the context. If there was some really obvious context, like say it was, I don't know, a specific team or a specific, like if it was say the lowest rung of the organisation or the highest rung, if there was a specific segment that then didn't make the others feel left out because they were a really obvious group to trial it with, maybe I'd be okay with it. Otherwise, I'd be filthy if people were working four days a week and I was working five for the same pay. So the I comms, would just not work on the Friday. Yeah. So the comms <laughs> that have gone around internally are that employees should look at it as a gift. So the employees that are taking Doing this four-day flag, flying the flag, yeah. are essentially getting a gift. Yeah. And I'd be like, this is bullshit. Where's I would be annoyed gift? with that. And I bet you that the trial will be successful because the people that are on five days still will slack off one day a week if there's some people in their organisation being like, all right, off I go to lawn on the weekend. I'm going to keep my eye on this because I think it'll be it'll be a fascinating one yeah. to see how it goes. There's been, just from the like snippets that I've read in the news, some people are saying it should go really well. You know, obviously there's like data to back it up. However, most of that data is from much bigger sample sizes oh, interesting. and over a much longer extended like period of time. Yeah. How long did you say this one was? Six sorry? months. Okay. So what will be interesting is that um, people that are kind of against yeah. this move by Medibank or not against, but I would say are providing a bit of criticism around it, Mm. are saying that what actually might happen in that short period of time is burnout, HR being From the ones that aren't on the trial? No, the ones that are on the trial because it's such a short amount of time that Uh, it's like... They're trying to prove a lot in a short period. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. I was talking actually about the four-day work week with my husband the other day. I don't know why I'm calling my yeah, husband that's weird. to you. Yeah, cousin. Okay. <laughs> Old Haydo, Nut. Yeah, yeah. Talk, I was talking to Nut about the four-day work week trial and I was saying to him, when I think about how I worked at Cricket Australia, I worked overtime four days a week and then the Friday I did just whatever I needed to to survive because I was already burnt out. The fact that this isn't getting trialed more broadly in Australia pisses me off. It needs to become the norm. I think it might. I did a bit of a pros versus cons list because I love these and I'm just curious to see what you think. So here's what I would consider the advantages for employees and employers. Number one, reduced transportation costs. Good for the environment too. Yep. Well, you've just said the second one. (laughs) I'm just now looking at your list. (laughs) That's really annoying. Reduced carbon footprint (laughs) and a more sustainable environment. Oh, good for the environment. Nice. (laughs) Uh, Reduced running costs like energy bills for employers. Oh, good point. Yeah. Improved employee well-being, greater work-life balance, better staff recruitment and retention, which actually costs organizations a shitload of money. Yeah. It's really expensive to not retain, but like recruit new people. Yeah. Can I ask you something quickly? Mm. As someone whose friends are a little bit older than mine, have you seen a four-day work week and how that's then applied to a mum who was, say, working four days? Like, do mums then go to three or does it depend or what's the deal there? Do you know what? I would say I only know one person that successfully works a four-day work week and gets paid five. And that wasn't a part of a trial. That was more just a personal negotiation. Absolutely. Everybody else that I know that works four days takes 20% pay cut for those four days and I have no doubt they're cramming in five. No doubt in my mind. My manager at CA, I've talked about her a lot on this podcast, she was the most efficient person in that organisation, hands down. So the disadvantages, I think, of a four-day work week could be intensified work. So condensing, obviously, those workloads into four days puts a lot of pressure on workers. And this one, I think, look, I'm not sure, but have seen it play out in certain situations is increased monitoring, surveillance, and sometimes micromanaging of employees. Especially for like managers that perhaps don't really agree with a four-day work week. That's an interesting one. And that's to ensure that the employee completes their workload. Back to the intensified work, Mm. I definitely see that as a potential disadvantage. I do wonder though, if we're all secretly working four hard days and taking one slack a day already anyway. You know what I mean? Like Friday would come around, people were still working, but it was bare minimum stuff. It was the other days that people were really hustling. I feel like we already potentially do intensified work the first four days of the week and slack off on the last day. What do you reckon? I don't know. What was it like at your old workplace? Um, Well, our workplace was pretty flexible. We had a very, my old workplace 
had a very new age mentality around this kind of stuff. Yeah. So they implemented working from home like when I started four years ago yeah. when people were like, wow. And you worked with teams overseas, which would have blurred the lines of who's online when. Exactly. And it does depend on your manager. Like I think their ethos is get your work done. That's what my manager was like too. It was very much like I don't think she would have even cared if she knew I didn't work from 2 p.m. on a Friday because she knows that I was working till 9 p.m. on the Wednesday. Yes, but a lot of people do. The other thing I would say with a four-day work week is obviously your hours are are longer for those four days. So you're doing five days in four. Mm. So it is kind of tricky with childcare too. It's the only thing. I haven't even thought about it from a childcare perspective. With centres closing, you'd need to kind of monitor your hours. But I still do think there's this sense that we are working harder on those four days anyway. Most likely. Yeah. I'll see if I I can find anything to back it up. There's no evidence there. I'm just going by my gut. Yeah. According to Four Day Week Global, the not-for-profit organisation running the study, 63% of businesses found it easier to attract and retain talent with a four-day work week and 78% of employees are happier and less stressed on their new reduced hours arrangement. Wow. That's pretty significant. Yeah. So ultimately, in my eyes, the four-day work week calls for new work design and job crafting for it to work for organisations and employees. I'm all for it. (laughs) Michelle Andrews and Laura Henshaw have both been talking about whether they're ready or not in the media recently. And the premise of ready or not was literally based around these conversations that they're having about being nervous from a career point of view, wondering if it's the right time, all of that stuff that I think to be honest, feels quite dramatic before you go through it. And now I feel differently to it. Yep. So I'm going to ask you some questions about this. But firstly, I'll share this clip with Michelle Andrews. She appeared on the Stella podcast. She's so good. She's really great. And I love that she she likened motherhood as her Roman Empire, the way men always think about the Roman Empire. Oh, Oh my gosh, on that. I know this is not as topical as it was, but I asked Ryan about the Roman Empire and I'm like, surely this isn't Yeah, this isn't really true, is it? Yeah, wait. I said to him, how many times a day do you think about it? Or a week or whatever the question was he meant to ask. And he's like, a couple of times a week. And I was like, what? Hayden's obsessed with history. Wait, I said, how? And he goes, I actually thought about it today um, (laughs) when I was talking uh, to the team about milestones. He goes, back in the day, a milestone was literally a stone that they dragged. I was like, Far out, man. Oh, Who God, has you, the time to think about Ryan really shit? needs to think some yeah. um, more inspiring ways yeah, to open I know. meetings. I know. <laughs> so Michelle Andrews said that motherhood is her version of the Roman Empire. I'm mm-hmm. going to play some clips for you now. I think one source of anxiety is what happens when we maybe want to become parents or become, yeah, if we want to start families. I think that's kind of the next chapter for us to really think about. I really gravitate towards the ones about kids. The topic of when do I become a mum, that is in my mind 24-7. I know we just had a trend on TikTok about what's your Roman Empire for men. Apparently men think about the Roman Empire all the time. I think about motherhood all the time and what that will look like for me and how that's going to work with being a business person. And on top of that, as they mentioned in this podcast episode, Laura Henshaw has also been talking about it in this Marie Claire article. The title is Why I'm Afraid to Have a Baby. Right now, having a child seems like the scariest thing on the planet. I'm going to pull out two lines in particular, Mm -hmm. then we're going to discuss. 30, the age that we're supposed to be married, own a home, have kids and have our shit together, right? Then she says, the fertility window is something I worry about often. I know that I'm not ready right now, but what if I wait too long and miss my chance and then wish I'd started earlier? I reckon I felt pretty similarly to these two before I had kids. Wondered when the right time was from a career point of view, what I should be ticking off, what ducks I needed to have lined up, all of that sort of stuff. I think it did consume me for a little while there. Yeah. Now I look back and I do feel like I was a little bit dramatic about it. I want to know how you feel thinking about that now. I don't think... I overthought it at the time. But I will preface that by saying my situation is probably not as linear as other people's or it's actually more linear. Yeah, I was about to say, I reckon that is linear, the way you progressed in your career and everything. Exactly. I kind of was in a stable job. I'd been there for... You started in industry early too, like when you were at uni? Yeah, I had been with my partner for a long time. We were engaged. Then we got married. And then the next kind of logical step in my mind is, oh, we'll have kids at some stage. Mm. I wasn't too worried about an age thing. Yeah. I think because... How old were you when you felt pregnant with 32. Yeah. And I think because I'd never um, had a pregnancy scare, 
the only thing I was worried about was what if I can't get pregnant? Mm. So I think I was more like, oh, we'll just have fun, see how we go. And yeah. then it was easy first time around. Yeah. Not so much second, but I just didn't overthink it. I think now there's so many resources. There's so much education, which is great. But I I also think it's like really overwhelming for women and Sometimes I think it just comes back to like everybody's, not everybody, but so many people have done it before. Yes. There's never the right time. So many elderly people that when you speak to about having kids, they're like, oh, there's never the right time. But like, you know, you, you never regret wait. having children. Yeah. So it's like, it doesn't matter if you're 20, 30, 40, like 40, whenever. Yeah. You're never going to look back and be like, oh, shit, I wish I hadn't had a kid at that time. Do you think the conversation's helpful or do you think it's starting to get, like, does it grace you a little bit? A little bit, yeah. I'm a bit over it, but also I'm a second time mom. I think hindsight is a beautiful thing because I remember ranting and raving at like 3am yeah. at a bar in Fitzroy after a wedding to like a male friend of mine who's quite a feminist and been like, it's so hard for women, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But now I don't know how I would feel about listening to myself. I still think that there's heaps of challenges and it's and it's undoubtedly harder yep. for the people carrying the babies. Like your life does change more than the people that don't have to carry the babies. Yeah, sure. So I do still acknowledge all of that but I do look back at that version of myself and think you need to worry less darling it's going to be okay yeah it's like everything though right like you just kind of get on with it and also like there's been a lot of media around like obviously this whole podcast is about motherhood and career yeah um and I think at the end of the day like you get thrown into a situation whether it's the right timing the wrong timing it happened quicker than you thought it happened longer than like you went through it like there's so many different ways do you and know you what you've just reminded continue me on. Of? Yeah. Do you know what you've just reminded me of? I think the thing that we struggle with so much with the idea of am I ready or not is that for the first time in your life, you do not have control yeah, of something. Yeah, exactly right. I reckon mm. that's actually what it is, especially if you are quite a career person or type A personality. Yeah. You have planned everything out as militantly as you possibly can. Yeah. And then it's the fear of the unknown. And it's also this thing in your mind where you're like, you have these expectations of yeah. what you're going to be doing. And and particularly like Laura Hentro is a great example. She's very successful. She's reasonably young. Like I'm not going to say she's 15 and mini, but she's at a great age in her career and at a, a lovely time to be able to start a family if that's what she wants to do. But I think because the success that she's having is so great, her mm. trajectory is probably... Something so that, you true. know, is quite high. And she's yeah. probably thinking to herself, like, we're on such a great thing. Yeah, thing. I don't want to disrupt that. Mm. But the reality is when you have kids, like, it's not – it doesn't necessarily mean that it will be disrupted. It's just that you're overthinking about it. And it mm. might be, but it also might not be. Career has taken a new meaning in a positive way since having kids for me. Yeah. Do you feel that way? Do you think that it's, like, galvanised your – goals and ambitions I think you become more ambitious yeah. after you have children um I and also, that ambition can be different for everyone like for some people that might be that they actually become more ambitious about motherhood for some it's about career yeah or even like I mean the beauty of owning your own business is that you can focus on different things that actually excite you well you know you can be like you know what I actually would prefer not to do as much admin yeah I prefer to focus more time on strategy or you know yeah. you can kind of change your mind just then, as I was saying, that you can sometimes become more ambitious in career and sometimes in motherhood after motherhood. Another genuine fear of mine was how I would feel about my career after motherhood because you do hear some people, they're like, it just wasn't the same for me. And in a way, that's been a positive for me because I see more about what's important in the world. But I'm lucky that it, it didn't make me lose my driving career, which I think I was really scared because I always wanted kids. I think I was really scared that once I had them, I wouldn't want to work. And that just wasn't the case. But you're not like me in that way. I don't no, think you would have had that fear. I don't think I did. As yeah. in, I know this sounds like awful, you but I'm like, it's just going to work kids, out. Were you? Like you weren't nah, like, I can't never. wait to be a mum at 15. Never. I was. I've never felt like that. Yeah. I wonder if there's a correlation between that sort of person and an extra worry. Maybe. Yeah. Whereas because you're just you're a bit more really get on want. with it. Yeah. And I also think like, I love my children. I love having children. I feel very... I hate the word blessed, but like very lucky yep. that I have been able to have two. Like what a privilege. Mm. But at the same time, I'm like, if I wasn't able to have that, would I have felt sad? Maybe. Would I have processed that and continued on and lived a life that I was really satisfied and happy with? Absolutely. Like yeah. I'm not going to be sitting there wishing away my life thinking far out. Like yeah. you are just to get on with it. But person. maybe that's because it didn't happen to me. 
Yeah, so it I'm, could, I'm it's probably hypothesizing very easy on something that hasn't actually happened. Yeah, that's true. I was thinking, you know, how the generation before us can be a bit more like, oh, we just got on with it. Yeah. And I wonder if even you and I saying that sometimes we feel a bit maybe almost impatient about these conversations now that we've been through motherhood. Yes. If we've got a bit of that hindsight of like, oh, don't be so dramatic, Darcy, you can make it work. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. But and you I can. think you do, you do get that. You can and you do. And it's who you surround yourself with. Mm. So if you're sitting in a place where you're like, oh, I just can't do it. I just can't do it. And something's yeah. like, oh, it's really hard. You just can't do it. Yeah. Mate, their motherhood is, uh, it's definitely hard. Don't mm. get me wrong. But you're not yeah. saving lives. And well, it I mean, can you're, be done. You're trying to keep people alive. Yeah, for sure. But like, <laughs> I think there's this real emphasis, like it's the hardest job in the world. Yeah. And yeah, sometimes it can feel like that. Yeah. But I'm sure other people in their own careers can feel like that too and not necessarily be a mum. Mm. You know, like – have we taken it too far sometimes? Maybe. Yeah, I do feel like with the hindsight of it that I probably carried on in my head too much about it. But I think that's a very easy thing for me to say now that I've been through it and that it's sort of working out. Yeah. I went to the Ready or Not Instagram to ask them for their opinions. Went to the streets. I went to the streets, yeah. the digital streets. Thank you for acknowledging that. Yep. For people like me, pre-motherhood, for people like Laura Henshaw, for people like Michelle Andrews mm-hmm. to get their advice and to get their thoughts about potentially how they felt pre-motherhood about this whole thing Mm. and how they feel post-motherhood. So here's some of the best pieces of advice. But before that, I actually also asked them some questions and I love getting you to guess percentages based on my polls. It's just a bit of fun. It's the most exciting thing that happens in my day. (laughs) The first question was, did you grapple with the ready or not question? So the options were 100%, nope, and a bit. How many do you think said no? What percentage of people do you think said it didn't really, that were in your camp, that it didn't stress them out too much? Oh, probably small because I feel like my personality is just get niche. on with it. Yeah. And most <laughs> people are like that. Most people think about things a lot longer than I do, yeah. which is why I'm often, you know, irrational <laughs> and fly oh, by the seat so of my hard. pants. Don't be so hard on yourself. What percentage? Um, Maybe 10%. 22%, which oh, I actually, yeah. that was a bit higher than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. So 56% were like, definitely. 21% were a bit and 22% said, nah, didn't really question it. Yeah. That was actually, I thought the 100% would be really high. and that the But other these two, are from first and second time mums, right? That's a good point. Yeah. So it's with hindsight. So it's, you might it's be subjective. right. Mm, that's mm, really interesting. Mm. I didn't think of that. So this one has an all of the above option, but I'm not going to give you that because obviously everyone picks all of the above. Yeah. Tell me what the next most popular answer was out of these. From a career point of view, how did you feel about pregnancy? Option A is nervous. Mm-hmm. Option B is ready to step away slash ready for motherhood. Option C is annoyed that my partner couldn't carry. What do you think was the most common answer or most popular answer? Okay, I'm going to explain my thought process here. Okay. Because for me, actually, I felt all of them. Yeah. But number yeah, one, the, the first the thing common. that I felt was nervousness. Yeah. Because I was like, fuck, I'm going to have to tell my boss how awkward. Yeah. And now I'm yeah. like, who cares? Like yeah, if I have a third one, I'd be like, I'm pregnant. Like yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But the first time around, I was like, can we have a meeting? I was like sitting yeah. there sweating. Yeah. You're like Why? trying not to apologize yeah. for something I'm so very sorry natural. I'm pregnant. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I felt really nervous. Okay. But then towards the end of my pregnancy, I was like, get me the fuck out of here. Like my back hurts. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm cooked. And then I reckon the last week before I gave birth, I was like, this is bullshit. Like, why oh, can't so men do you've this? You've almost chronologically gone through them. I yeah, love yeah. it. So I'm really surprised by this and comforted. Ready to step away slash ready for motherhood was 46%, even more than all of the above, actually. Okay. Then it was nervous at 17%. Then it was annoyed that my partner couldn't carry at 4%. Yeah. So I all just of felt the above that at last bit when like. Yeah. And I felt that this second pregnancy. The first one, I think everything was quite magical. But the yeah. second one, I'm like, gee, it would have been nice to handball this one off to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree I, with I that. I was even saying to Hates the other night, I'm like, gee, you are, you're, you're a good equal partner, but you still can't carry this baby. So it's still like, I'm, I'm like, there's nothing you can do about it, but it still feels so unfair that I have to carry oh, all of I our children. I think for me, in the last like couple of weeks, yeah. I became crazy with yeah. like organization and like just prepping. Like, Even I you did. know, when you say you get nesting, I was psycho. That's, that is absolutely no, no. a thing. Like, <laughs> no. that's a thing. I was cleaning skirting boards. I should have known I was going to labor prematurely, actually, because I was on hands and knees. See? Yeah. Exactly. It's wild. I was window cleaning. Yeah. Like, as in, I was on a ladder with Windex, <laughs> like, wiping and Ryan's like what on earth are you doing I'm like I can't look at these windows anymore he's like oh my god it's it's, the whole week's raining like why are you bothering I'm like well you're not doing it you know you can't carry this baby 
oh, it's wild. Mm. But I do believe I've probably rolled my eyes at nesting and that idea before, but something fucking Yeah, 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 it does. My last question was, is navigating career and parenting easier or harder than you anticipated? So the options were easier, harder, about what I expected, and sometimes easier, sometimes harder. What do you think? Sometimes easier, sometimes harder. I thought that would be the number one too. Yeah. I'm a bit disappointed in this oh, one. Oh, did they say harder? Yeah. Really? 57% said harder. Jeez. That actually makes me almost feel a bit emotional because I'm really emotional. Oh, my God. Afraid. We don't start again. <laughs> I told Loz I cried literally all day yesterday. <laughs> she Not even sent me about 800 photos. <laughs> okay. This when it was, was a baby. Um, so 57% said harder. 25% said sometimes easier, sometimes harder. 12% said about what I expected mm-hmm. and 5% said easier. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's easier. Yeah, I think I'm probably about what I expected. What are you? Um, I would say sometimes easier, sometimes harder. Yeah, I think maybe I surprised too, myself. So there was like aspects of returning to work where I'm like, oh, it's going to be so hectic in the morning. Rah, yeah. rah. And then like getting Sienna ready, like at that stage, yeah. she was pretty much a blob. So I just got and her then I put yeah. coconut melon on and just yeah. got her dressed. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's actually not too bad. Yeah. But then other things that were harder were like when I got home from work and doing bath time, I was like, oh, my God, That's I just draining. cannot You're be so bothered. Yeah. yeah, you've already lived five lives. By exactly. The time you've done that. And I was like, far And out. I imagine now getting her out the door is harder because she's a bit older and there's more negotiation. Well, do you know what? Yes, there is. But also I've succumbed in the last couple of weeks actually months and I'm like if that's what if you want to wear that outfit that makes you look crazy wear it go sweetie I don't even yeah care. so just a bit of surrendering has probably helped yeah a lot and I'm like the worst thing that happens in my day is my mm. child looks like a nutcase yeah as long as she's not behaving like one or whatever. I mean, she probably will be. That's yeah, I mean, but I'm not there. Yeah, so, that's fine. You don't have whatever. to deal with it. Yeah. I always think about that. I'm like, what have they dealt with with Ray today? Like what what drama has he brought into oh, the, day, the educator's days? Yeah. I think something that surprised me on the easier side of things was the confidence and just being like, oh, you're still you. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like you actually can go to work. And feel like you. Yes. Because at the start, I think, I mean, you and this baby are just one person. So it feels like how could you ever be apart from them? And then one day you're like, oh, I can. And I'm actually feeling way more confident because look what I just did. I just birthed and grew a bloody human. Yep. And I think you become more, well, for me, I definitely became more confident in choices. Yes. Like I used to be like, oh, I'm so sorry. I can't come to that now. I'm like, nah, I can't yeah. come. Like I literally and would be like, what's the answer? That. Like, oh, why? I'm like, don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not worry about I'm the going answer. home. That's <laughs> why. I'm exhausted. I want to be at home. <laughs> I think that's so true. You become a bit more like this literally is my capacity. Yeah. I just don't have the feeling that I once had of FOMO. Yes. hundred percent. I have JOMO. What's JOMO? Joy of missing out. Oh, Geez, I sound, I sound old. You do. You're very. Uh, I've learnt in the last. Yeah, I know. Let's weeks, not discuss those things. You're quite boomerish. <laughs> it's, it's bad. <laughs> Our age gap has grown yeah. by ten years. <laughs> <laughs> so to end with, I wanted to ask for advice because, as much as I hope we haven't come across as sounding impatient by saying that sometimes we do think these conversations can get almost a little bit dramatized. Yeah, that's me. Like I, I have been there. I have been that person that I think. What's the what's the opposite of oversimplifying? It's overcomplicating. Yeah. I have overcomplicated these thoughts in my head too. So I get it and I want those people in the world that are grappling with whether they're ready or not to feel But you a won't bit know until it happens. I know, but let's give them some advice from the people that have done it and yeah. how they feel now with hindsight. Okay. So here's some of the best answers and reflections. You were just afraid you wouldn't be good at it, but you're amazing at it, which I absolutely love. It will all work out. It always does. Trust the process and go with your gut. It doesn't matter that work is harder to manage because overall life is so much better. I really feel that one. Like I I need time away from Ray. I really do. I couldn't parent five days a week, which sounds ridiculous when like you've decided to parent, but we need a break from each other. I got angry the other day. Mm. I mean, I internalized it but I was very mad. Mm. My dad normally looks after my daughter Sienna on a Friday and he's like, oh, hey, just like next week. Um, I'm just away that weekend. And I was like, far out, are you serious? <laughs> what, I, I like, have to look after it? <laughs> That's said, how you feel though. Like, I said to my girlfriend, fuck, I'm so annoyed. Like yeah. bloody dad gives me like one week's notice. He's yeah. gallivanting around. Yeah. And she's like, what? So, you know, what's the, I'm like, so now I have to freaking look after both my kids. <laughs> far out, dad. It can feel like that at times. It really can. Someone else said, 
It might just be the greatest getting to know yourself and what you want tool ever. I love that. I think that's great. Yeah. You'll never be 100% ready, but you will work it out 100% of the time. I reckon about 10 people said an iteration of there's never a perfect time. No. And you will never be 100% ready. That was the most common answer. Someone did say, and look, if this isn't your situation, don't fret. If you're pregnant now and your career ladder hasn't been perfectly climbed, there's still other ways. But I do think this is a valid point and this is from one of my best friends. I do think it's worth setting yourself up, i.e. I would have waited until I had ongoing. She's a teacher, so yeah. she would have waited till she had that ongoing contract, which I can understand. Yeah. There is solace in being set up essentially. It's not to say that's the only way. People have worked it out in far less ideal circumstances. Yeah. But it is worth noting. Someone else said, don't wait. You spend your 20s desperately trying not to get pregnant, but no one tells you how long it could take. You can't get that time back and work is work at the end of the day. And this is from someone who loves their job. I also think for our generation, we will be working for a very long time. Yes. Mm. So it's not as if you're going to be out of the workplace. Yes. I I also think that before and after of motherhood, feels like more of a detonation to your career than it really is. Like, yes, your time for those first few years after you have a child, if you've decided that the partner goes back to full-time and you do Mm part-time, sure, it's going to be a little bit rocky for a bit there. Yep. But it's not as black and white as I thought it was. When I went on mat leave and the idea of what my career would look like after my first, it's not as dramatic as it feels do you know what I mean? Like you, no, you get your again, career back. There's just so much information. There is so much information and yeah. there's there's so many experiences shared. Yeah. And sometimes I think people bond over those negative yeah. experiences. Like it's very far and few between that women go, this is fucking great. Yeah, Jessie Stevens from Mamma Mia has actually spoken about this. Really? Because she has depression and she was really scared of postnatal depression. Yeah. And she was like, do you know what? I'm going to shout from the rooftops that I'm having a fucking good time. See, exactly. Yeah. And I think sometimes because people tend to gravitate towards yeah. shared experiences and usually yeah. not negative, but like. People are more comfortable talking about the challenges because they don't want to gloat. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what's missing sometimes is like. The positive. Yeah. Like mm. I fucking love it. I love being a mum, And exactly. I love it when I'm at work too. And I even when least... I was saying before that I need a break from Ray, like I don't even mean that in a negative way. I just mean I love working and I love being a mum. I'm exactly I'm the so same. so happy I get to do both. Yeah, exactly the same. Spot on. Love it. Oh, God, I hope we've brought some confidence to some people's minds. Oh, look, I, I, you're not going to know it till you're in it, but don't deep dive down a rabbit hole of information yeah. and overwhelm yourself because the reality is if you're pregnant, or expecting to soon become pregnant. Yeah. Once you're pregnant, the yeah. rest. Yeah, if you're unfolds. going to keep that baby, like the rest. Yeah, it's going to happen. Unfolds, and you will navigate it in the best way that you know how. And if you want children, like if children are definitely a part of your future within your control, obviously you're going to do it at some stage. That's what I kept coming back to, and I was like, should we try now? Should we not? It's like I want a family. There's Let's pros and go. cons to every age. Yeah. Christmas can be a really stressful time and it can be hard to find a moment for yourself. We know how much of the load is placed on mothers and Elon House of Wellness wants mothers to prioritise themselves through nourishing food and self-care. With their incredibly thoughtful offering of dry mixes like the dark chocolate banana bread, traditional Chinese medicine mixes, I can't wait to try the Restore Herbal Soup in my upcoming postpartum, and gifts including affirmation cards, body oils, mists and creams, Elan House of Wellness is changing the way we think about postpartum care and looking after mothers. Loz, you've had two postpartum experiences now. Any tips? I personally cannot stress the importance of self-care enough. I know I overlooked it the first time around because I was so focused on the birth, but the thing I actually appreciated the most was when people brought around nutritious food or body products specifically for me. It's actually how I came to know of Elan House of Wellness. My girlfriend made me their banana bread and it is amazing. I use their body oil and it really feels like a mini retreat in a bottle. What I love most about Elan House of Wellness is their contemporary interpretation of ancient Chinese traditions, which believes that when you support the well-being of the mother, you in turn support the entire family. Do yourself a favour and prioritise your own self-care by shopping their range of family and pregnancy-friendly products. 
Listeners of Witching Hour will receive 10% off using code postpartumready at elan.house. This offer has no expiration date but excludes 28-day postpartum packages and gift certificates. Last week, thousands of women across Iceland, including the Prime Minister, went on strike as part of a campaign pushing for greater gender equality in the country. It marks the seventh time that women in Iceland have gone on a strike in the name of gender equality. And just for some context, for the last 14 years, Iceland has been ranked the best nation for gender equality by the World Economic Forum, which said the country has closed 91.2% of the gender pay gap and they're still striking. I love that. I wonder if there's a correlation between the gender equality that's practiced in their nation and actually feeling more empowered to strike because originally I was thinking gee that's quite surprising and incredible that they still have the gusto to strike but now I'm thinking they're an empowered nation so that's incredible on that note of them being ranked the best nation for gender equality I found two laws that I think are pretty cool and that help galvanize them as being the leading nation in gender equality so Parental leave is 12 months, a total of 12 months. Each parent is entitled to six months each and you can only transfer six weeks to the other parent. Oh, so that that's means, a good one to really encourage so both partners to do it. There's also a law that company boards must include at least 40% women. Very cool. I, I think as a society in Australia, we're moving more towards that. Like yeah. that's becoming far more front of mind. Mm. What has happened, which is quite interesting, is that the government has put together a task force specifically around like parental leave, childcare subsidies, etc. Some pretty good Recommended. recommendations yeah. yeah, that have come out of it. I'll go through them because I'm very passionate about these. So under the new laws moving through the federal parliament, what we all should know by now is that paid parental leave by the government will be increased to 26 weeks by July 2026. This task force is saying that the government's long-term ambition should actually be to double it. So that's increasing it to 52 weeks. Amazing. Do you know what of that is meant to be spread between the parents or is it just a general bill? I think it's just a general bill. The other thing that I found really fascinating about this was that they said the amount of money paid should be lifted to a replacement wage, which so many people would benefit from. Yeah. I mean, it's, it'll be interesting to see how that affects businesses Mm. because obviously the business would have to yeah, how does that work the, for a small business? Like I'm all for big businesses doing that because they I have mean, the I'm money. not sure if but it would. Does, so it's a recommendation. It yeah. And obviously with this recommendation, they will have to provide scenarios yeah. of what it would look like. Yeah, like the onus should be on government for small business in my opinion. Do you agree? Potentially, yeah. It didn't specify an exact model to be implemented, which is the work that they'll have to do for scenarios exactly like that. But what it is wanting to do is to encourage more fathers to take leave because they're not sacrificing more income. Yes. Yeah. That is a huge one actually because something that I think we always run into is your partner might be a feminist too but at the end of the day you have a bill to pay and if if their income covers your mortgage better than yours does, it unfortunately doesn't even become about them trying to make you go back to work or trying to support you in going back to work. It's just like what can we bloody afford? So hard. Agreed. Both are a nice tie into each other and it strikes like these that I think do push the agenda for Australia. It's like okay. I remember four years looking back at my original mat leave payment of 14 weeks and thinking, geez, that's progressive. Mm. That is unbelievable. Mm. And four years later, I feel like we've come so much further in terms of what women are being paid by their companies that that almost looks a bit measly. Mm. So we're making a way there, but it's definitely strikes like these or conversations around what other countries are doing that's pushing Australia, I think, in the right direction. This strike really caught my attention. And a real positive of social media is that we become more aware of what's happening across the world. And, and what it can be done. becomes more of a pissing contest between governments Fingers to actually crossed. do something We know about they love it. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's one way I'm happy for them to have a little ego pissing contest between them. <laughs> we'll stay across it, I guess, just to see if anything comes out of it. I'm 27 weeks pregnant and I'm starting to think about going from one to two. What's your best piece of advice for me? Best piece of advice would be, you've put me on the spot here, tend to whoever is the loudest at the time. I love how practical your advice is. You're like specifically like, all right, there's two kids in the room. What are we doing about it? Yeah, because you know what? When you have one, I think your focus is really all about that one kid and you're not even worried about your husband. You're like, oh, he's like, what's for dinner? Whatever. Well, hopefully he's not like that. But if he's like, oh, hey, you know, when they're trying to ask you questions, you're like, can you just just Oh, you actually can't even take it in half the time. What do you want to watch on TV? I'm like, 
I don't care. When Hades would heat up whatever I was eating that night in the early days, he'd be like, which one do you want out of X, Y, and Z? And I'd be like, I just, just want to put me a spoon out. to my mouth. Like, help me we, out, We're not chatting. We're, no. we're not discussing. I don't care. <laughs> so I know what you mean. You don't have capacity for the other one. But then when there's two, you have to. Yeah. Never thought of that to Yes. <laughs> See? So this is why it is practical because yeah. you'll be in a situation, and I always found for me in the early days, I mean, I had my second save right in Christmas, that Christmas period. So like the end, I got out of hospital on the 5th of December. Ryan had a Christmas party every fucking night. Yeah. And I remember doing bath time. And Sienna would be like, ma'am, like splashing it in. Zay would be like, eh, eh. I was like, oh, you're just going to have to lay there, mate. You yeah. can't move. Yeah. And I'd have to tend to her. So sometimes I think it is like when things just get too full on, who is just screaming the loudest? Basics. I love Go this to them advice. first and then sort the other one out later. <laughs> you know? That's great. That is so you and so practical mm. and I love it. So I also took it to the digital streets of Instagram. Nice. Which we... Hopefully I'll stop yeah, what calling did they that. Say? People might be getting really no, annoyed that's good. by what, did, what were the top things that came through? So so quite a few people said fill your freezer. Which, oh, yeah. Look, it's tricky to do that when if my baby comes early like last time, that's going to be tricky to do but I'll do my best. Yep. I'm really lucky to be in a community where meal train has really taken off in our group of friends. Yep. So that is going to be a godsend for me. Someone else said try and organise one-on-one time at least once a week with each child and breathe. Love that. Yep. Create micro special moments with older child to keep bond. So obviously a very similar lineage there. Only eight weeks in, but rest. Have partner take as much leave as possible so your body can properly oh. heal. I reckon you're going to think I'm a bit precious here. Oh, yep. Go on. One thing that really did crush my soul mm. was if someone would leave and my baby stunk of their perfume. Oh, really? That actually did hurt me. I would have rolled my eyes at someone telling me once upon a time not to wear perfume over. Yeah. I don't think I have the guts to ask people not to wear perfume. Oh, I would just but say Ray that. would smell all night of these perfumes and I feel like your senses are all heightened yeah. and their senses are all heightened. Yeah. And it actually did upset me. What? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I would have, I've never even thought about that. I know yeah. it's a big thing. As in, Have you noticed it, though? Have you never noticed your kids smelling like other people's perfume? Like I when mean, they're really little, I mean. Obviously not once they're growing. I didn't. I, I actually didn't. Interesting. It was something that caught me by Maybe surprise. Maybe it's because I wear so much. No, I don't <laughs> think. My, no. My well, I never noticed it with you. Oh, yeah, maybe they smell like you and yeah. you're like, you smell stunning. Yeah. What are you wearing, sweetie? <laughs> God, you have good taste for five weeks. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> um, but it was one of those things that I probably would have rolled my eyes at had I heard another mum say that, mm. but it actually did upset me. Okay. So I'm not sure how I'm going to approach that one, but we'll see. Someone else said, no expectations of yourself, your oldest babe or your youngest. It will be messy and wild with a love heart, that person added, which I feel like adds, Softens you know. the blood. Yeah, exactly. Nice. It's like it's a nice mess in mm. world. Someone else said knowing that the adjustment for your first will likely happen over time, not just at the start. Yeah. And I actually saw this thing on Instagram or TikTok or something that One just of the social platforms. Yeah. Um, that toddlers can actually play up when your firstborn is a little bit older. And they regress, I've heard. Is this what yes. you're talking about? Yes, and yeah. this has happened to me recently. So Zave is now nearly 11 months. Yeah. But in the last two months he started to move. And I feel like that's really irritated Sienna. So before that. It's almost like he's taking up more space, do you yes, think? Yes, and he's touching yes. her things and she's like, that's mine. But before that, he was kind of a blob. Yeah, he and was so, just like in the corner. Yeah, and so she was like, oh, you know, cute, whatever. And now I feel like she's doing more of attention-seeking behaviour. Really interesting. Yeah, so yeah, like but at least by that stage, hopefully you're getting a bit more sleep. Yeah. And so and you're not as on edge, so you yeah. can kind of deal with it. Yeah, and it's, hopefully the older one loves the younger one. So oh, absolutely they yeah, do. I hope so. Kids love babies. It's like the first three words that they learn. Yeah. No more baby. baby. Ray, yeah. Ray taps my tummy and says, Bibby. Mm. He has no idea what's actually it's coming. So <laughs> Poor Dale. Someone else said, and this I hope is true for me because mm. I've definitely made this out in my head like this is going to be the case. So I hope it is. The newborn will be a breeze compared to the toddler. Make sure you have support. I attest to that. Good. I really hope that's the case because I'm almost acting like the newborn face is going to be easy this time. Oh, it will be. It is. <laughs> as long as there's no, I guess, difficulties. I look then, back yeah. 
at my newborn experience with Sienna and hand on heart, I hated it. Yeah. I genuinely hated it. You didn't I was really like, like this it until about shit. four months, did you? Um, well, not like, like you loved her, but it didn't get easier for you until about then, did it? Yeah, but I genuinely sat there and I thought, this sucks. It's boring. Feeding was hard. Feeding was hard. I honestly, like I remember thinking like I, I remember my research and the lead up was like this, you know, everyone was like euphoria. They had their boobs out just yeah. feeding in the streets, yeah. you know. Yeah, you were just like oh, I'm going to look like a And I was like this goddess. is going to be so fun and so beautiful and I was like this is shit. And then the second time around Knowing how hectic and quickly it goes. I know that's like so cliche. It's true though, unfortunately. It is, yeah, like it is. hindsight is the only way you learn that. Yeah. And then I feel like the second time around, I was so much more relaxed. Like mm. if he slept, he slept. Yeah. If I want to go out, I was like, I'm going You're out. You're coming out with exactly. me, Exactly. And I actually loved the newborn phase, which mm. I never thought I would say, but I loved it. Yeah. That's really comforting. I love that. Someone said it will feel like your family is split in half for a little while. This is hard, but it will go back to normal. Well, I found the opposite. That's really interesting. I it? found Ryan and I have never worked more as a team yeah. than when there was multiple children. Yeah. Mm. I see from both sides in that I imagine you being more of a team because there's now two kids, mm. but I also imagine that perhaps that could be perceived as the split because one parent is – looking after one kid more than the other. Maybe that's what this person's saying. Maybe. Yeah. Um, one other person said, lower your expectations on everyone, your partner, yourself, your toddler and your baby. You know, a girl from my mother's group, Liz, who gave me some amazing advice. So she had her second baby months before I had mine. And she, I was like, how are you finding it? Like how's, mother's, how's motherhood for you second time around? And she's like, honestly, like I lowered my expectations and it's great. That's good. I and she's like, that. some days are great, some others aren't, and you just roll with it. Yeah. And I feel like I held on to that piece of advice and applied it to my own situation and it has made it far more enjoyable because some days genuinely I'm like, I wake up and I'm in a bad mood mm. and that bad mood like permeates to like Sienna not letting me brush her hair and then I scream and I'm like, far out guys, pull it together. Yeah. And then the next day is perfect and I'm like, oh, this is good. my expectations are low Yeah, <laughs> and it turned out all right. Yeah. Hindsight uh, seems like mostly a beautiful thing for going from one to two. It used to scare me. I'm feeling okay about it now. It's freaking great. Loz, you bloody good advice giver. Oh, Give me I'm a, ready. Some bloody good advice. Okay, this came up the other day because Ryan said to me, my husband, I asked, I asked him to do something and he goes, I can't read your mind. And I was frustrated when I asked. Yeah. And I was like, well, fuck, learn. Yeah. Anyway, this is what came up. Be prescriptive with your manager with what you want from a development perspective. They are the least likely person to read your mind or know your needs and expectations. So the more detail that you can give, the better. If your husband cannot read your mind or like doesn't know what you're thinking or like what you want, how the fuck is your manager, someone that's so far removed from that's you, That's such a good point. Has to. no emotional connection to you, really. And I'm going to give you an example of how specific I think you need to be by giving you an example of my husband. Many years ago, I asked Ryan for my birthday. He said, what do you want for your birthday? You're so hard to buy for blah, blah, blah. And I said, I really want jewellery. He said, okay, no worries. To be honest, I don't wear a lot of jewellery. I never wear bracelets. I, have, I don't even own a bracelet, right? On the last year, I've got this tiny little chain that I bought myself. But aside from that, never. I wear rings, necklaces, occasionally earrings. Mm. Ryan and I have been together for a very, very long How time. How you 16. Because we're like 13 and you've been, 16. Yeah. So when I gave him that request, request I yeah. assumed, I mean, he doesn't have to be a friggin' mind reader, but like, fuck, how much more specific do you need to be? Very. Yeah. He went to Dinosaur Designs, which... If, not your vibe. Not my vibe. Love it for a platter. Yeah. He went to Dinosaur it. Designs and he bought this gigantos bangle. Don't. pink <laughs> bangle. That is so not It you. was enormous. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my like God. Like one of those enamel things. Yeah, it was I huge. Know the exact it was style. huge. And for my birthday, I opened it. I was really excited. I was in this like box. And I saw Dinosaur Designs on the front and I thought, oh, far out. you got to be shooting me. <laughs> I'm like, oh, maybe it's like a little bowl or something yeah. that compliments or maybe he's put it in that bag. I don't know. He's yeah. a bit weird like that. Maybe it's a little jewellery bowl yep. and there'll be different jewellery. No jokes. Yeah, I opened it and I saw this bangle and I genuinely, I looked at him and he was so proud of himself and I thought, you do That's not know gift. me at all. I hate this. Speak, I hate it. Oh, speaking of jewellery, Hayden mm. once 
I said to him, don't get me jewellery for my next birthday. And that's what he got you. That's what he got me. Yeah. So let's just say from a corporate perspective, you're like, my development area is communication. Mm. You know how many areas of communication there are? Yeah, what do you mean? Exactly. What do you mean? So for your development plan, I would say when you're working on career progression, and I think everybody should be having this conversation with this boss, no matter if you're starting out, you're senior, whatever, you've got to have a plan for like, what is the next stage? Unless you want to stay in your career that particular area or role for the next 25 years. Most people don't. If you want to move into a team leadership role, for example, specify whether that's one direct report, whether it's two, whether it's less than six, like be specific about what that actually looks like. If, for example, it's communication skills, is it influencing others? Is it talking to senior people in the business? Is it presenting? What is it within communication that you were nervous about or you would like to get better at Mm. I think as women sometimes we make these vague and we make like accommodating statements like oh I'd be interested in doing that because that's maybe where I'd fit in what do you want to learn yeah because go for it honestly I couldn't stop thinking about the other night I was like if my husband who I've been with for 16 years can't like so I want to read my mind why on earth (laughs) am I expecting that my manager can they are they're probably the fifth most removed person from me and yet I've got these expectations that like they know where I want to develop. That's a great The more specific you – I think the more specific that you can be, Mm. the better. My boss was good at getting that out of me and it led me to do like video editing courses so I understood the video production process better and it was like specific skills that improved my ability to do my job. Yes. And I think that is an invaluable tip. My tip – This is two-pronged actually. I've got two parts because firstly I want to say someone slid into our DMs thanking us for – look, I'll just be honest. They're thanking me (laughs) for for my sentiment around if you're in the first trimester and you're feeling like shit, I promise you'll feel better soon. Mm -hmm. I don't say this to scare anyone but I just want to say that if you are in the second trimester and you just have a shit day, know that I spent literally all day in bed yesterday and cancelled everything work-wise. We have to forgive ourselves for sometimes feeling like shit. I was just like burnt out, headachy, yep. and I literally couldn't, you were tired. I couldn't physically yeah. work. So if anyone out there is a bit like, well, why don't I feel better? I just wanted to share with you that I had a shit day too. It's fine. I feel better today, but it's okay if you're having an off day. Sometimes we're really hard on ourselves and we just need to remember what our body is doing when we're growing a child and when we're trying to work and parent alongside that, which comes to my second tip. I want everyone listening to this to drop one task that does not need to be done this week off their list. And on that note, we're clocking off for today, Loz. We are. As always, if you have enjoyed today's episode, if you love our chitty chat, please leave us a five-star review or any review and <laughs> just a review <laughs> and follow us on radionot.pod see you next week bye